0: Welcome to Sunday Morning at First Presbyterian Church. I'm Pastor Danny Death, and in our recent past, we have welcomed the newborn king into the world. We have watched as the shepherds and the angels and the magi all sought to put themselves into the presence of Christ. We do that today as we come together to worship and to celebrate and then seek to do that every day for the rest of our lives. Let's take this journey together. We are so glad you're here. Come on in. Our first lesson today comes from the book of John, chapter 4, verses 5 through 29. Please listen for the word of the Lord. So he came to a Samaritan city called Zikar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water and Jesus said to her, give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me? A woman of Samaria. Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, go call your husband and come back the woman answered him i have no husband jesus said to her you are right in saying i have no husband for you have had 5 husbands and the one you have now is not your husband what you have what you have said is true the woman said to him sir i see that you are a prophet Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews, but the hour is coming and it And is now here when the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and truth for the father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming who is called Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim that all all things to us. Jesus said to her. This is the word of the Lord, praise be to God.
1: Our second reading this morning is from the book of the Psalms, and it is Psalm 119, the first 16 verses, Psalm 119. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. I will praise thee with uprightness of heart when I shall have learned thy righteous judgments. I will keep thy statutes. Forsake me not utterly. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. O oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. With my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So I am uh, Phil Shuler and I I am working with Safe House Ministries, and that's how I came to know First Presbyterian and Pastor Danny. Um, of course, you guys all know Neil Richardson very, very well, um, who's the founder of Safe House. And um, I've been working there since September, but prior to that, I was going and on Saturdays, which I continue to do, just preaching there at the Safe House on Hamilton Road, um, just sharing the gospel, sharing the love of Christ. Uh, to those that are homeless and uh, addicted and uh, maybe just recently gotten out of prison as well. Just um, doing the work of the Lord and loving people. I have been in Columbus for about 25 or 30 years, married. I have seven kids and five of them are teenagers right now. So there's a lot going on. The children are a blessing from the Lord. They are also a lot of work as many of you could attest to this morning. But God is good, and I am just thrilled to be here with you. I've uh, been in a few services, and I've always enjoyed uh, just coming and spending time here at First Presbyterian. And this morning, the Lord has just put a lot in my heart about something that we need to get back into our lives, something that we've lost we're all very familiar with the pandemic of COVID. Um, it's kind of a, let's not say that word kind of a thing right now, right? It's, we've, we've been through some of the most difficult recent years in many of our lives that we can remember just with the, the fatalities and the, the lingering illnesses and so many things from COVID and the way it just, just messed up supply chains and so many other things. But there is a pandemic that is way worse than COVID. And that is what I want us to recognize today. And it is a pandemic of lifting up ourselves. It is a pandemic of idolatry of self. There are catchwords and phrases that you hear all the time these days in the media and uh, from public figures that, you know, things like, uh, well, tell me your truth. And here's my truth. And what do you think? And what are your thoughts? And it's my rights and my body and my this and my that. We need to recognize the supremacy of the word of God. It's not about what I think. It's not about what anyone else thinks. It is only about one thing. What does God say? And the question then becomes, do I believe what God says? And will I obey what God says? So that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Psalm 119. If you haven't read through the whole Psalm, I encourage you to do that. Uh, The other day, my son came up to me and I was talking with him and I asked him, Hey, what'd you read in your devotions this morning in the Bible?" And he shared with me, and then he asked me, so what'd you read, Dad? I said, well, I read Psalm 119. And he said, whoa, that's a lot. It is a lot. There's, there's uh, quite a few verses there. And the fascinating thing is that every single one of those verses focuses on one of three things. There are three key focus areas for the Psalm 119. And those areas are simply the fact that we must love the word of God, love the word of God. We must learn the word of God and we must live the word of God. So I put it to you this morning. Do you love the word of God? Now, if we were to say with our mouths, we probably would all say, yes, I love the word of God. But don't be so quick to answer because we got to think of how do we show that? Right? When you love something, you spend time with it. When you love something, you talk about it. When you love something, you invest in it. And if you look down at verse number 11, here's what the word of God says, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. When you look at that word hid, you look it up in the Hebrew language, it is the idea of hoarding a treasure. I grew up in Charleston, South Carolina, and we went through some hurricanes, some really bad hurricanes at times. And in the days prior to a hurricane coming in, people would hoard things that they needed. Food, bread, whatever it might be, water bottles of water just they would hoard those things they would they would treasure those things because they knew they would need those things to get through the storm as it used to be before the days of banking people would maybe take their money and they would bury it in the ground or they as it were as they say hide it under the mattress at home because they need it they trust in it that that's it's valuable they hid it well do we hide the Word of God in our hearts? Is it valuable to us? Is there a time every day when you get up in the morning and you are just looking forward to spending time diving in to the treasures of the Word of God? Do you love it? I say I love my wife and I better show it by spending time with her, by talking with her, by investing in her. One of my, uh, my youngest daughters She's nine right now, but I think this was a couple of years ago, maybe. She came to me one day. She was looking at my wife's uh, wedding ring, and uh, she said, Daddy, how much did you spend on Mommy's wedding ring? And I thought for a second, and I said, well, sweetie, all the money I'll ever make for the rest of my life. Because <laughs> that's what marriage is. It's, it's all in. Um, and I just love it when I meet someone and they tell me that the time that they've been married and, and it's just this great amount. Of time. I, I, there's someone that I know um, been married for 70 years, 70 years. We need more of those testimonies. The word of God's pretty clear about what marriage is and about the fact that it's permanent. And this, the, the thing is, is it the authority in our lives? Is it is it elevated to that thing where we recognize this is God's word, and I'm going to do it no matter what. Marriage is not easy. If anybody's been married, you know it's not, it's not easy. There's struggles. There's hardships. But Jesus said in the beginning, God made it where two become one, and it's supposed to stay that way. It's permanent, permanent. So love. Do you love the word of God? Well, what else does this psalm talk about? Learning the word of God. You look through the psalm and you you see verses like verse number seven. I will praise thee with a brightness of heart when I shall have learned thy righteous judgments. And then you see words come up like meditate. You see words like teach, verse number 12, where the psalmist says, teach me thy statutes. When we come to the word of God. So many times we come in the wrong way. We come with our preconceived ideas, our preset beliefs, our preset opinions, and we read the word of God and we look for something that supports what I believe. And then we go out and we take that and run with it. That is not the way we ought to approach the word of God. The way I ought to approach the word of God is to, to humble my heart and say, God, please teach me. God, help me to understand your truth. It's not my truth. It's not our truth. It's his truth. It's the truth. It's the word of God. And the word of God must be elevated in our lives. The devil is working so hard right now to bring confusion, just like he did with Eve in the Garden of Eden. You remember, the serpent comes to her in Genesis chapter 3. And he says, yea, hath God said that you can't eat of every tree in this garden? And he begins to to put those thoughts in her head. Eve, listen, you have all these wonderful trees, all this great food you can eat. And and the devil's saying, hey, are you telling me God actually put some limitations on what you can do and what you can eat? And and he, he twists it in her mind and he confuses her. And you know what happens? We're all suffering from the curse of sin because Adam and Eve fell prey to the devil. He is working overtime today, overtime. My wife and I just recently had the great blessing of being able to visit the Holy Land. And if you've never been, I highly encourage you to go and to uh, go with a, a tour guide that can explain Um, the history and the historical accounts in the Bible. It's so wonderful. I would have to say that the 10 days that I spent in Israel opened up the Bible more to me than all my years in Bible college. It was incredible to, to be on a boat on the Sea of Galilee and to have them turn the motor off and just to sit in silence on the waters where I know, A couple thousand years ago, Jesus got up in the midst of a fierce storm and he said, peace, be still. And everything stopped. Where Jesus actually walked on the waters and I could reach down and touch those waters that he walked on. I could look out at the shorelines around the Sea of Galilee and see the hillside where Jesus fed the 5,000. I could see the area where he spoke the Sermon on the Mount. And I got to go to that place And uh, we did a little experiment where many of us climbed all, I climbed all the way up to the top and someone stayed at the bottom and they just read, not yelling, not just speaking in a normal voice, read Matthew five. And I could hear it at the top, even with the traffic going by in the days of Jesus, there was no traffic, but that those hillsides are such a natural amphitheater that it really makes you, it, it made me understand how Jesus could have spoken to thousands and how they could have all, Heard him so clearly. One of the things that broke my heart was when we went to visit the ruins of the house of Caiaphas. Caiaphas was the high priest that when Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane and the guards came and they captured him, they took him to Caiaphas's house. This is the place where in the courtyard, Peter was kind of tagging behind and the place where he denied Christ. Three times. This was the place where the guards of the high priest uh, persecuted Jesus and mocked him. And they would put a blindfold on him, they'd spit in his face and they would beat him and smack him. And then they would say, Hey, if you're the Messiah, if you're the Son of God, if you're so smart, tell us which one of us just hit you. This was that place. And I could see the ancient steps that Jesus would have walked up. And they took us down into the pit, which was carved out of a cave because it was on a hillside. And this was the pit that Jesus spent his last night on earth before they took him before Pilate and he was crucified. And we got to go down there. The only way Jesus would have been able to get in there was if they tied him up with ropes and they lowered him in. And we got to go down. I think we sung maybe a hymn or two and we prayed a little bit. And then we started filing out. And as I... Like to do, I'm kind of a loner sometimes. I lingered and stayed. I wanted to be the last one in there, and I just wanted to be by myself in that place. And as I was there, I knelt down and I felt the floor. And I started to think about my savior and about the night that he must have had in that place. He probably didn't get any sleep because he knew what was coming the next day. He knew. And as I began to think I started to run my hand across the floor. And what I found and saw broke my heart because I found something that you would find when you go out on the sidewalks or the street. And what I found was those very hard matted spots of black. You know what that is? That's where someone spits their gum out. And over time, people just step on it and and it just gets black and hard. And I thought, how could anyone come to this place where we know the Savior spent his last night and he suffered and he went the next day to die for our sins? How could anybody be so careless and casual to spit their gum out like it doesn't matter at all? That is what's happening all across the world today. People are treating Jesus casually, like it's no big deal. People are treating the word of God casually, like it's no big deal. People approach the word of God and they say, well, you know, um, I don't believe this part of the word of God, but I think I'll believe this part. And yeah, I'll I'll talk about this part, but... I think that other part, that was just for a different time and it doesn't apply today. And we we pick and choose. It's like we just just say, no, you're not the authority, God. When we do that, we say, I'm the authority because I don't think this should be in the word of God. Oh, we've got to be careful not to do that because that is the cause of people's lives being destroyed. That is the cause of people living in darkness, of families falling apart, of marriages falling apart, of we see it in our city all the time, the the gangs and the violence and all these things. It's because we've distanced ourselves from the authority of the word of God. We've distanced ourselves uh, in the government. We've distanced ourselves in the schools. And the truth is, in many churches, we're distancing ourselves from the word of God. And people talk about, well, that's what you think. And this is what I think. And well, those verses, I don't think they mean that. Here's what I think they mean. But who decides what they mean? I don't decide what any of these verses mean. God does. It's my responsibility just to to choose whether or not I'm going to believe it and whether or not I'm I'm going to obey it. And so we see the focus of Psalm 119, loving the word of God, learning the word of God. And the third and final thing that we see, and this is the most important thing that is the focus area of this psalm, it is living the word of God. Living the word of God. You know, John 1.1 says this, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And that first chapter of John goes on to say that Jesus was the word of God that came and dwelt. Among men, the living, we sung about that this morning, the living word of God. So the truth is, if I disrespect or disregard the Bible, then I am disrespecting and disregarding the Savior because they're one and the same. You read in the book of Revelation, and one of the other places that I had the, the honor and the blessing to stand was upon Mount Megiddo which is the mountain that overlooks the Valley of Armageddon, which is the place where the greatest battle of all the world's history will take place. And looking out on those plains, thinking about that day. And the Bible says in Revelation 19 that Jesus will have a name on him, and his name will be the Word of God, the word of God. And we've got to let that sink into our hearts and into our minds. Jesus and the Bible, they're one and the same. And if I don't let the word of God have supremacy and authority over what I think, over what I want, then I am saying, Jesus, you can stay over there and when I want you, I'll come to you. And that is a recipe for disaster. That is a recipe for destruction. That is not what Columbus needs. Columbus needs us. Columbus needs Christians who say, whatever the Bible says, I'll obey it. I'll do it. I'll live it. It's not easy. It is not easy. Some of, I mean, just the Sermon on the Mount. You read through the Sermon on the Mount and you see what Jesus said. It is not easy to obey, especially when social media and when school systems and when actors and politicians and even, truthfully, some preachers around the country are are saying things contrary to the word of God. It's easy to get confused. It's easy to, to feel like Eve when she was talking to the serpent and it everything sounded so good and like it made sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh yeah. And it was the trap. It was the trap. We must not fall into that trap. Do you love the word of God? Do you spend time learning the word of God? And the real question is, do you obey the word of God? Jesus gave many parables about the kingdom of God, and about what the end times would be like. And one of the things I learned in Israel was the difference between sheep and goats. And the shepherds would tell you that the sheep will follow the shepherd. They'll listen to the shepherd. Jesus himself said, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. Sheep follow the shepherd. But you know the thing about goats? They do whatever they want. They might hang out with the shepherd sometimes and other times they might be like, we don't need him today. We're going to go do our own thing. That's the way goats are. You know what Jesus said? He said, in the end, there'll be sheep and goats. They'll all be mixed up together, just like the wheat and the tares all mixed up together. And in the end, Jesus said, I'm going to separate my sheep, put them on my right side. And I'm going to push away the goats. Are you one of the sheep this morning? If you're not, you can be today. If you've never trusted in Jesus as your personal savior, he died for you and he loves you and you can trust him today. And if you have trusted in Jesus as your savior today, then the question for you is, how well do you hear his voice? Do you hear his voice through all the noise that's in our society? And then are you following his voice? Are you obeying what he says? The next time you hear the word of God in church, the next time you are at home and you open up the Bible and you just read the word of God, I want you to think back to this word today. And I want you to ask the Lord, Lord, if I've got some wrong thinking, please change it. Lord, let your word sink into my heart and change my life because then God will begin to change us. And then God will be able to use us to change this city. One of the things I was amazed to consider as I was on that boat in the Sea of Galilee Was when the guide pointed out and he said, Hey, you see that city way up on that hill? He said, That is the highest point in the whole nation of Israel. And then I thought about the sermon when Jesus preached and he said, You're the light of the world. And he said, A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. And he probably pointed to that city as he was preaching. We need to be the light of the world. The only way that we can be effective light for those in the darkness here in Columbus is if we lift up the Bible and we just simply submit ourselves to the word of God. I pray that all of us will do that beginning today. God bless you.